sleep on, dream on, circle the sky. Today, we're talking about Unbreakable by My Children, My Bride. So grab your stomping shoes because it's time to get in the pit. Welcome to Get in the Pit with Oster and Esai. Um, Oster. I am Esai. And this is a podcast about metalcore. And today, we're talking about... We're fucking about, hitting that right in the fucking dead bullseye. Like, this is like, you capitalize the word metalcore. This this is what it is. Um, we're talking about my children, my bride, um, Unbreakable. Uh, talking about have heart the things that we first, carry yo there's have heart thing weird have heart references all over yeah. this record yeah before we start getting into the actual meat and potatoes of this record that's something i always noticed too is it's like unbreakable and then like the machinist and shit like that i'm like oh yeah like that's that's like all have heart stuff <laughs> yeah and then in one song he says the words armed with a mind which is a have heart song and that have heart record came out in 06 and this came out in 08 so it makes yeah. sense but it's weird i mean it makes sense that someone playing this music actually likes hardcore too so yeah of course i mean i think a lot of people especially nowadays forget like that metalcore like the last half of that word core came from hardcore yeah and so like, i don't know that's why there's always a difference between like the bands that like are playing metalcore right now, like let's say a, a vein, for instance. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, but like they're from hardcore, but they play metalcore. So there's always that relationship. Then like a instead of like a random band, like a like the plot in you, mm-hmm. which is like a, a Rise Records metalcore band. It's like, no, they, they came into it from like metalcore. Yeah, like, yeah. The Moshi, like seeing stuff. So it's always wild to see, but yeah, it makes sense, especially when you hear some of the riffs. On this, like they a couple times on this record, they're like, "Hey, that's what we probably listened to once." Yeah, yeah, and they, I mean, those are the parts of this record that I like the most, but that's because I'm a hardcore boy. So let's. When do, uh, when do you when do you stop becoming a hardcore kid and you become a hardcore man? Um, I think it's when you put on that one hat. <laughs> Wait, what one hat? The like, the yeah. like taxi driver hat. Yep, that's what it happens. <laughs> or when you start wearing, um, like when you start like, like wearing like, like you got the cuffed jeans, you got like the fucking like you dress a little prepper, you know, mm-hmm. and you you put on that hat, but then you're still there, like comeback kid, you know. So American Nightmare was always hardcore men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'm literally, I'm literally just like in my head, just like picturing like. It was when we played, alone played with, like, I f- forgot the fucking band at this point. It's early in the morning for me right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I went to bed super late. Um, I didn't even do anything. I was just, like, sitting, like, watching TV. Um, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, it really does. But, um, yeah, and it's just, like, they all, like, were, like, these preppy, like, 40-year-old guys, but then they still played hardcore. Yeah, with four years strong. Yeah, sure. Pop punk with breakdowns. <laughs> 
Yeah, listening back to Four Year Strong, by the way, way less offensive than you'd think it'd be. Well, I think there was a reason I loved them so much, you know? I think it's because they actually did it because that's what they really wanted to play. Yeah, and you look at them and you're like, oh, okay, you guys are you guys are down. Yeah, it's like you could tell it's like, oh, like they actually like heavy music and they also just probably really, really love like back in the day, like newfound like old newfound glory and like saves a day and all this shit. You're like, okay, I understand you. You're just yeah, having like, fun with your buds. They like newfound glory and bury your dead. Who doesn't? Fuck. <laughs> all right, it's we're trying to not talk about this record because this yeah. one was a I, you hated it way more than me, but before we get into how much we hate this record, which yeah. for me isn't that much, what's yeah. your what's your history with my children, my bride? I I distinctly I was going when I was first thinking about getting tattoos, I wanted a my children, my bride tattoo. And there's this what there's was this, it gonna say? It there's this line in the song that was like in a song that's like and it's so beautiful i can see my house from here something 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 i don't remember but i wanted that illustrated and i was fucking i don't know 18 so like it didn't make any sense it wouldn't have been a good tattoo but i listened to this band their first record um i think it's called having the heart for war yeah i think um all the time all the time like the the first time I ever saw them, they played they played so the so the record ends with like this weird, uh, more hardcorey song. Um, and I don't like, know if like it's got woes and o's in it. <laughs> One person in fucking. It's like I really like fucking skate punk. Yeah, and they played that, and I thought it rocked. They also have a song where called "Close Your Eyes," where there's a part where in the chorus where he's trying to, where he's talking about something, and he says, "Money, power, fame." The music cuts out, and he says, "A cool job, nice clothes." So the first time I saw them, I was the only one who knew all the words to every song. And you just hear my fucking cracky ass voice going, a cool job, nice clothes. And um, yeah, I listened to that first record a lot. Like they were, I was like, oh, this is my band. Wasn't that um, like right before um, Unbreakable had even come out? Like when they're at the venue? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, me and Knuckleneck went to that. Yeah. I was just in the front and I like, I would listen to them when I worked out. I like listen to them when I mowed the lawn. I loved listening to this band. Um, and now that I've listened to unbreakable, I don't think I ever listened to the record all the way through. Like, cause I would have been stoked if I found out they were on solid state, you know? And yeah. I don't remember them ever being on solid state. I thought they were just like, they were on salt. They were, they were on it, or they were on it. They were one of those Christian bands that was on a different label, you know? Yeah. Because I was a Solid State kid when I was younger. Have we? We haven't gotten into Solid State, have we? Uh, I've, maybe we have. Maybe just in passing. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. But I think as I was just seeing kind of the time frame that this record had come out. Um, I think by the time that Unbreakable had actually come out. You were you were moving away from it. That makes sense because when that one's a plague record come out, 
Because that was the last band I got into from this world. Was I think two, 2008 like seems like a kind of a pivotal year for a lot of that to like the changing of that because like metalcore as a whole was like kind of like that bubble was going to be like growing even bigger, but then finally burst at least in Boise. Yeah, and there started to become like that big separation after around 2000. I want to say 2008, 2009, where it's like we stopped getting the mid-level tours at the venue and yeah. Like, and like we stopped getting like, like we would still get maybe the August Burns Reds of the world and stuff like that, but kind of it started shifting. We yeah, weren't getting as many of those tours. Also, just like a lot of those bands, like just stopped playing metalcore because they're like they need to go one way or another. Like, do they need to go more radio? Do they go more metal? You know? Yeah, and I think let's see. So that for your strong record came out no seven. Yeah. Um. So that must have been my peak, like, pop-punk boy days. Like, when I was into Four Year Strong, I think that was the peak of it. So, like, I was listening to... When you got that to... newfound glory crew. Yeah, yeah, that might have been 06. Um, but I, like... Yeah, I remember I was into, like, Polar Bear Club in the Warner Years and uh, Fireworks and, like, all these, like quote-unquote cooler pop punk bands tip of the iceberg was in 08 yeah okay so it was 08 when i was just like yeah i like hardcore now i was listening yes. to sinking sinking ships have heart must have come i don't remember when they broke up it might have been 09 i want to say 2008 or 2009 was the the like when have, have heart verse yeah yeah was, so that's when like I, the theater and shit like that i got the yeah so 08 08 i was solidly a hardcore kid that also listened to a lot of pop punk and I thought metalcore was dumb. That's 08. As I say, I think by, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think by 08, like, which is when this record came out is when you were like, yeah. And that's probably, yes. it's probably the one show I just stood outside instead of like paying to go in. Cause I was like, ah, I'm over this shit. And they just hear stomp, stomp, stomp. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun thing with this band is when, there was points where the, you couldn't hear any music, but you heard kids stomping. Yeah, they, they did have a lot of, like, breaks in their breakdowns. Um, which, was, you wouldn't, which you can't really hear on record. No, no. Are they a better live band? Honestly, this, this music is kind of meant for live, because every time That's I saw true. them, I always thought they were good. Like, as far as, like, how they played live. And the breakdowns are always heavy. It was, they, they did a good job of it. So I think how boring this record sounds on record is, is just a product of its production. It's not as boring, like, when it's in a live setting, because I think it's meant for moshing. It's meant for, there's two steps. There's breakdowns in it all over the place. And then, but, like, but the one guitar really player is, like, the place. there is, the, every fucking song is, like, 30 breakdowns. Not all of them. Except for Faithless. Yeah, and the last song. Oh, that song sucks, but <laughs> we'll get into um, Faithless too. I'll say, like, my history with them is yeah. Sorry. Oh no problem. I found them on MySpace because their singer was MySpace famous. X um, Matthew X. X Matthew X. I wonder if he's still straight edge. I bet he still loves the Lord. I bet he's still both. That's another thing about this band. They're a Christian band. They're a Christian. Like they so much so over... they. I was gonna say they don't beat you over the head with the lyrics, but like no. A lot of the themes, if you look into it, are probably all faith-based. But yeah, and they did kick out one of their members for being an atheist. Funny story about that guy. 
Uh, yeah. He joined a pop punk band called Caradel, and we booked oh. them. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. nice guys. Um, he it was funny because we were talking to like the singer of that band, and they're like, "Yeah, like he wanted, to, he really wanted to play, but like every riff he like played just sounded like a happy fucking like metalcore riff." <laughs> that makes so much sense. But yeah, I just found about MySpace. I really liked like the demos of like Circle the Sky and like. Force the Blade and on Wings of Integrity. Like, those were always cool. And then I went to that show. Uh, Chris and I did because it was them and a band called Every Bridge Burned and some other fucking bands. And our knuckle is our, our old Boise Mosh legend, Chris Knuckleneck Flores. I think he may have come up once or twice on this podcast, but had yeah, to have. Yeah. Uh, he just like, he loved the moshing and, um, I never heard them and he just like was going by the name like oh this is probably gonna suck like he moshed like they're metalcore as hell and i remember like during the fucking set he even just like yelled so like you guys are way fucking heavier than i thought you'd be <laughs> <laughs> just like something real stupid and then from there i just saw them like they just came to boise a lot and mm-hmm. i just like, they wrote a song about it hey that boise does get mentioned in one of their later records but um yeah, it just they're they're cool. I really liked this record. I thought, um, like I never like this is nothing something I never would go back and listen to ever. Yeah, like this is the first time I listened to this full record, probably since like '09. Yeah, I'm giving yeah. myself like a good year of like when I was like super into them. Um, I used to, I don't know like everybody seemed like they liked them. Even like kids that you would be like, why do you like this band? Yeah. Chase is the one I'm thinking about, to be honest. It's like, yeah. why do you like this band out of everything? But probably just because they brought the mosh. Yeah, yeah. And and my my friend Chase was like, when he would he started like hanging around when the BMC days, the Boise Mosh crew, he he liked like fucking str- like straight like screamo, not like not Scrams. like from Autumn and Ashes, but like screams, yeah. Um, like stuff like Animal Collective, yeah, and like fucking post rock. Well, yeah, a lot of post rock. Um, and he, he literally then, dressed like the "Your Scene Sucks" like post rock parody guy. Like, yeah. That was him. But then he like got into like like in there's a there's a video. If you ch- search "My Children, My Bride, Boise," you'll see all of our friends moshing. Friends you'll and foes, me. and me. Yeah, and Isai. I showed Russell. I was like, "This is Isai." It's and, like, yeah, it makes sense. And then, um, but he was wearing a ceremony shirt in that. And so, like, he just, he just wanted to mosh. He didn't, yeah. he, he didn't have any, like, oh, I need to like this and this and this. I need to be cool. It was, it was just, he was just a chill dude. Shout just out, chill Chase. And wanted to mosh. Oh, it's yeah. like Chase. Yeah, and especially if you just want to mosh, like, I'm all for it. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's go. Hey, and this one of the highest rated records on this podcast for a reason. Yes. Uh they're they're the reason this podcast exists. Um so yeah, let's let's get into it. Um let's get some uh, my bride. Yeah, is, let's get the like the production stuff, all that out of the way. Oh right yeah. Now. Yeah, they're they they're from Madison, Alabama. Um this record came out on Solid State Records, which I mean, we'll get into maybe more um, 
and well in a previous episode we'll get to them more um <laughs> because i grew up on tooth and nail and solid state and there was maybe the most important thing to me um but yeah it was like released... my top labels that the, like was like a solid state uh victory Kill and ferret i'm like these yeah, are the they, ones like as a christian label they like they had they were just as relevant as the other ones like no one really cared like yes when the bands would come through and they would start preaching they would make fun of them but solid state bands didn't really do that yeah for um, underworld yeah and honestly maybe solid state is was where it was because of underworld they were. Honestly, um, which we talked about earlier this 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 show. Um, sure. So yeah, it came out on February twenty sixth, two thousand eight. It was produced by a guy named Joey Sturgis, who produced <laughs> The Devil Wears Prada, and basically just produced this kind of music. And just, so we were talking about it. The production on this record is so one note. It's just so everything sounds the same. And I don't remember pro- the Prada records I listened to sounding like that. So it's because like, he'd probably do certain things for certain bands, but you could tell um, at least if you are into that kind of music or ever like we're into it and like also into like recording. Uh-huh. Um, everything sounded, everything sounds the same because like, he kind of found a, formula that really worked for that style of music mm-hmm. and you could just tell like it would change with probably how much he was getting paid and how much work he was putting into it because you can tell like two records that came like together pretty much back to back um was like this one and the for the fallen dreams changes record oh wow and i love that record <laughs> if you listen to the guitar tone and the drums it's the exact same oh okay okay it, it's he found a formula that worked. He would kind of change it a little bit for each band, but for the most part, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's fucking like uh, that's like Steven Slate drums this or whatever." Like it's Slate drums this. You got Pod Farm on this. Like you did like compress the fuck out of it, and so that's really what it was. Is just like he found that like he did Attack Attack Records. He did like Of Mice and Men. He did Confide. He did. Like a icy stars asking Alexandria, like all those bands that all kind of sounded the same and melded together. Yeah, is part of the reason for that. Yeah. Okay. Don't like. Don't get me wrong. I actually own some of his like drum shots that he does, like he recorded, like samples. Uh huh. Um, because like some of them do sound good, but it's just that it's very homogenized and very digital. And this yeah. is when. Like digital recordings were finally getting their due, like as far as like people were actually putting commercial releases and like metalcore with it. Okay. So it's all sounded the same, but it was probably a lot cheaper for them. But yeah, that's why they all sound the same. And that's why it's production literally is the fucking stalest, most sterile ass shit. All they did was like, we gotta make everything loud. And that's yep. all they fucking did. <laughs> yep. Um, and it was mixed by um Adam uh Dude Adam D. Adam D from Kill Switch Engage. That's what everybody um, calls him. Is Adam D? Did he just like take a nap and like push some knobs and collect a check? <laughs> yeah, he, he literally just like took like a once over and like that looks about right. Yeah, didn't even listen to a full record, just like one song. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. 
Like I I am not a big kill switch guy. I do like them, but I like the hits, you know? That's as much as I've gone. Yeah. Um I remember seeing them at Warp Tour once and he was wearing a Viking hat and just fucking acting so weird. And I was like, this fan rocks. Yeah, that's fair. He's just there, like, oh look at me. Yeah. It was, he has, it was he has big class cloud energy. Yes, he does. He's also very good at a lot of things he does. Uh, mixing this record was not one of them. <laughs> no. Um, right, let's get into the fucking disappointment because it starts off disappointing for me. Yeah. I'll tell um, you why. Let's, uh, yeah. My Children of My Bride, Unbreakable. This is Faithless. Um, the opening riff. It's an Avenged like, Sevenfold riff. Oh, see, I was thinking it sounds like like any like metal or like power metal song before mm-hmm. it goes insane. Yeah. But A7X is a good. So I don't have any frame of reference for Avenged Sevenfold. So it, it, the beginning part of like the dee 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 that, that's yeah. from uh, Unholy Confessions. Oh, the song. The yeah. song. But then, like, they obviously deviate, but that first part is definitely Unholy Confessions. It's, um, it sounds like an, a record opener. Yeah. Like, it sounds, you don't just want to start your record with, with some riffing. Um, you want to get, you want to get that, that epic feel. Yeah, either that or, like, you do the Amir and, like, you just want to, like, have a breakdown. Yeah. I would have probably been better with that the would, breakdown. Would have made more sense with this. Well, this band wanted to be a metal band. We gotta think, say that. I think one guy really wanted to be a metal band. And that guy was able to write a few full songs. The other band just went with it. Yeah. It's like, I got two songs, and but I got like 50 riffs. And they're like, fuck it. We'll just put breakdowns in between these riffs. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. This is something This is something that I texted you. Just because you can play riffs doesn't mean you can write riffs. Yeah, they're... I don't even know how much actually writing he did or if he just listened to fucking in flames and at the gates. And was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, um, a thing throughout this record is like, it sounds like, uh, paint by numbers, metalcore. So it's like, it just sounds, there's nothing interesting about it. Like bleeding through their riffs were interesting, you know? And yeah. these riffs are just like, Oh yeah, like insert as I lie dying riff here. Insert something here. Like it just sounded so like everything else. Yeah. Um it, and it may be because like it was both um it's like it was both like like at the time like it was really reaching that apex of that. Like Metalcore shifted styles like soon after. Um it was getting was, into that heavy shit and like Getting into the Rise record stuff, like as you kind of progress out of like 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. you kind of start shifting. But um, also, like the riffs are just boring. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what else to say. It's like, this wrote some boring riffs. And one thing that makes me mad about this song is at first, um, so it, it hits the little thing. It's like they're hitting the little metal parts. I got the double kick going. Um, I like I like when they do like blast beats and stuff like that. Yeah, some shit up, but then like they're getting into like where it's about to be the breakdown, and like they're leading it so well, 
it's like with like even like lyrically it's like i'm so scared i'm so scared of what i might become and they have a big pause and they do like the reverse like snare thing mm -hmm. then when the breakdown hits the breakdown just since the production is such shit yep it doesn't hit any harder because that part yep. needs to fucking like punch you in the dick and i was yeah in the car i had fucking cranked it i'm like okay maybe my headphones <laughs> i want to feel this breakdown like, i want to feel it if i could feel it you know maybe i'll like really turn the corner and no it made me more mad because it's like hits that breakdown i'm so scared of what i might become i'm like you motherfuckers and you'd think there would be like an 808 or something something because like that's the one breakdown in the song it's the first breakdown on the record um, mm -hmm. they led into it, like I said, really well with like the the like musically and composition wise. Like it was like flowing really nice. Like you start off fast, and the reason why you have a breakdown is to release the tension in the music, which would have done a great job. And instead, it just came out like a goddamn wet fart. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I liked about this record is there's gang chants all over the place. You do like a good gang chant. I love you? a gang chant. Yeah, it makes me feel like I should participate. It, it is true um <laughs> but and that first breakdown though is built for Moshin. like oh yeah it's not like one of those breakdowns where it's like what do i do here it's like yeah, no throw your fists throw them punch the person uh, next to you get kicked out of a christian metalcore <laughs> fest for Moshin. like i like i did um yeah and lyrically this is, I think it's just about seeing people lose their faith and and you holding on to the, your faith personally. Yeah, um, and then also it's just like almost like wondering about like kind of like feeling confused by like everything like within mm -hmm. faith and kind of being scared of like losing that, um, but like realizing almost that like you're kind of losing some of it or questioning some stuff. Um, it's. It's at least a little bit more like real than like a lot of other Christian songs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also like it doesn't like if you didn't really know, it could just be about like you could just pick. Oh, maybe it's about a relationship, maybe that about whatever. But it's no, it's it's definitely God. Yeah, the um, lyrics are pretty. Like some of the lyrics are pretty vague. I will say some of the lyrics on this record are really good. Uh, yeah, one song like in you particular. Could, I feel like you did a good job. Um. I also like a lot of his, like the way he structured the like the patterns and everything lyric, like lyrically, vocally, because it's it's sometimes different. there's one where I there's a couple songs where I I wrote it in I don't remember where but I fucking hate it. There's one song that I actually like on this record that does something I hate. So, yeah, yeah circle and, this guy. And I think here's the thing with this guy is I don't think he I mean he could pull it off live. I remember seeing it, but. He recorded every line very separately, and you can <laughs> tell. And, like, I don't know why that's a thing that bothers me. Like, if that's how you do it, if that's how you record tight, but, like, make it flow and sound good. That's the trick is to make it so it doesn't seem like you've done that. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, that's the that's thing part that of pulls, It's the thing that pulls me out of the God's Hate record a little bit, too. Like, <laughs> I want to love that band. Um, but like, it's the thing that pulls me out. Like, yeah, I will support Brody King till the day I die. I mean, unless he comes out as a fucking freak, but, um, 
don't know, maybe I not just, a freak, but a piece of shit. He yeah, yeah. Freak all he want. Be, be, be a freak, big dog. Freak. But it's just, it's, it just pulls me out of it a little bit, and it's yeah. like I have, I have a shirt of that band. I like that band, but like, I want, I want it to sound like you recorded a whole verse, you know. And and you can almost tell too, like maybe this is just stylistic choice they made because there's parts where a, a a line will go over like the next bar, and yeah. then like, the other line starts with just his voice. And like I said, and maybe it, that's stylistically what they were going for. It does make it feel more metal. Yeah, I, instead I, of like metalcore. Also, what makes it where it is probably bugs you more is a lot of times when that would happen, it's not like he's changing his voice. Yeah, it's the same mid scream he does. Yeah, which I think he, also gets a little boring on this record. Yeah, and he goes high on the other record. He talks a lot more, and I like that. His the first record. <laughs> I don't mind his vocals to be honest, and I think yeah. I know. I think I know why you don't like him because he's trying very hard to make a like a pitch. Yeah. And so it's not just a, like a tough scream. It's like there's a like a little bit of a note back there, but mm-hmm. it's the same note throughout the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean like listen to that Converge record. The vocals are different all over the place. There's so much It's weird to say, but there's a lot of melody in his voice. Yeah. Uh, also, this is I think it's because Gabe makes fun of this. Um, like, and the way he, like, would mock, especially when we used to listen to My Children, My Bride, is honestly how it works. And we'll get to, we'll get to the next song in it because this is what he would use to mock it because I used to love All Wigs of Integrity. Uh, it, may, best song on the record? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but it's, like, the, the line that's, like, speak before you speak or if you even speak at all. It's, like... The way he enunciates it and the way he has like that tone on his voice, I fucking get not liking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what it is. And Gabe um, used to make fun of that, and to the point where when Gabe was still playing music with us, um, we had a part that um like did not sound like that, but he started doing the vocals like that. <laughs> uh when he was like cause he was playing keys, but on certain parts he would come out like to the front and like do some vocal stuff. Uh, you really mean just being an asshole? Yeah, he would During just his own set. He would just insult your own band while being in the band. Would insult the band, and then like almost like make fun of all the kids that were like, like there's a couple parts where we'd have like people come up that like they knew the part, and then like he would just like be making fun of them while like singing with them. There's a picture of him singing, and there's fucking Matt Stone. From the Wrestle Boys podcast, one of our friends, and it's just like he's probably making fun. He's like fucking idiot for actually liking this, and then Gabe running in place, being a fucking asshole, doing vocals like X Matthew X. Fuck Gabe. He also like he also, um, Gabe's a good vocal imitator. Now that I'm thinking about it, he can sound just like the dude from TUI too. Yeah, and he's just making fun of it. Yeah, I think that's probably why. Also, um, it's because I, I kind of have the same things because since we were in band so long, we have good mm, ears for pitches. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he also, like, wouldn't he just make up parts on the keyboards? I mean, he said there were parts. That's all I'm going to say. He said, <laughs> no, I have parts. And I'm like, this doesn't sound the same as last time. I never fucking checked it. I was just like, go do whatever. I'm going to yeah. go over here and try to be... Like, 
He's like, I don't, I don't want keyboards in my band anymore, but I love you, Gabe. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it was for when he was there. And, like, the thing is, if he would have kept going, he'd probably still be in the band because I'd be like, well, it's, just, it's Gabe. I kind of have to. Yeah, it's Gabe. It's like Murphy. It's Murphy. He's in the band. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just would have ended up being really under oath once Joel got in there. Oh yeah, you'd you would have had your under oath era. Yeah, we would, but it would have been like the post metal under oath era, the one without um, Aaron Gillespie. Yeah, yeah, it'd been cool. Um, and on to all wings of integrity. This yeah. song fucking rocks. It's just yeah, a, it's like a throwdown song. Yeah, I mean, it opens with a breakdown. There's gang chance. There's a good two step part. There's more gang chance. There's no metal riffs. I like when they're a mosh band and not like a metal band. That's yeah, where they, that's where they fucking like they hit it. Yeah. Well, on this song, the other like mosh song, it doesn't <clears throat> hit as hard for me. That's this fair. song does. This song does. I just don't think they were very good. I don't know why they were. <laughs> they were big enough, and they're bigger but, than what they should have been. Yeah, and like this is like this for some reason we're talking about this on the full episode. This is B tier. This is C D tier. Like this should be on one of those the other episodes, you know? But it's not because P- everyone knows who this band was. Oh yeah. I mean they were touring with like they were like one of the headliners of that Scream the Prayer tour. Oh yeah. Like, like it was them and impending doom. Like, yeah. Uh, they were touring with like As they Dying. They were touring with like metal bands. Mm-hmm. Or bands um, that had hit that like a like two thousand cap venue like um like spot on there like on tours and stuff. So yeah, but this song is so good. Yeah, and I think also part of the reason why it ends up like being so good is like you can hear like the guy that was into hardcore got to write some of this because like those riffs like it's like yeah, it's just like a hardcore riff that's. Played a little slower and like a step and a half, like lower. Yeah, yeah, and I, maybe that's why I liked it too. Um, yeah, it's just like it's, a heavy hardcore song. Yeah, um, lyrically, I don't know. It seems like it's staying, staying strong against bitterness, trying not to be bitter. Yeah. Um. Also, but, I think why this this song rocks is there's a lot of gang chants. A there's, lot of gang chants. Also, just like the the big like break, like the let it sink in. It's a good sing along part. Like, yep. Every word that I said, let it sink in. Like it's good stuff. Yeah, we will soar. Yeah, like all it's that. good. It's good. Um. Also, one thing we need to mention is uh, sometimes they would call themselves my chisel, my bizzle. Yeah, they also had a lot of merch with gold foil. Yeah, I had uh, my children, my bride hoodie with the diamond. There's a giant diamond on it. Yeah. Yeah, they were like getting into that like flat bill crew, like crowd. Well, uh, I did... obviously was a part of it. Yeah. The machinist. It goes right into the fucking like a, a metal riff. Like we just like, I'm like, all right, cool. Maybe we're off this stuff. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> every fucking metalcore riff you've ever heard in your life is that riff yep yep and yeah like that's in my notes is more paint by numbers metalcore there's some heavy stuff thrown in uh there's a breakdown with the weird riff in it and i hate yeah. it 
Yeah, I don't know. This one, like, never, like, even back then, this would be one of the ones I would skip. <laughs> because then the next song, like, for whatever, it was the Halo song, and I played Halo. Yeah. But, um, this one, even back then, I would skip, and then, like, listening to it now, like, I see why, because it's just, like, it's so just fucking formulaic, boring metalcore. Yeah. There's no like, game chance. Yeah. Um. However, the lyrics to the song are incredible. <laughs> like, like, I think this is the song. Like, his lyrical chops stand out. Like, it's about uh, it's about hating work, and the lyrics are. I mean, I think he puts more effort into writing lyrics on the more metal songs. You know. Yeah, maybe he just understands like on Wings of Integrity is like this is a quote unquote hardcore song. You gotta make it you gotta make it fun, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think they balanced the fun and the real, if you will. Yeah, they balanced it pretty well, but I just think I remember reading these lyrics and they just stuck out to me like it's the machinist. It's about like working like kind of like working at a factory but it's vague enough that it's about any job like it's it's just good and like they for some reason really stood out to me as like oh so he can do something yeah like like lyrically even like through some of the other songs too it's like it's at least a bit better than like most metal chords on the good side yeah. of it like I don't think he's like a like a fucking crazy lyricist, like a that's like a I'm just gonna throw out um Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die. Yeah. Who, like went to college and has a degree. Um or like and, or like that dude in death the dude in converge, Jake Bannon. Yeah, Jake like, Bannon. Yeah. That's like those two guys are kind of like set like almost like on a pillar in like hardcore metalcore, whatever world. And it's like you, when you read like the lyrics like from Keith Buckley, for instance. Um, he is so fucking good, and the way he turns phrases, you can tell tone by his lyrics, and the way he does the vocals, like he mixes everything so well. There's a bunch of sarcasm, and there's a bunch of real stuff. There's a bunch of just like allusions, to different other things. It's like he's really good at that. This guy, I would say, is like the next tier down, but it's a good tier to be on because you're not on like the Frankie Amir tier, you know? Yeah, I think he's doing well. And I mean. We can't, I mean, I don't think the dude from Amir is at the bottom either. Um, at least with the record we listened to, like, he tried, you know? Yeah, I think he becomes the bottom later when what? he, like, steers into the skid, you know? He's yeah. like, hey, this is what people think I am, so fuck it. Like, let's go. Like, And he yeah. just, like, became him like that. Like, same with, like, the dude from Attila. Yeah. Um, seemed like he did the same things. Like, oh, this is what they, like, think I am, so cool. Tenfold, which is... Well, I mean, Smart marketing. Have you, have you watched This Place Rules, the documentary on HBO Max about the uh, the January 6th? No. Um, all those guys do that. Alex Jones, uh, fucking the leader of the Proud Boys. They all just like lean into what people think that they are to make money. Yeah, it's for fascinating. Sure. Um, but yeah, um, I just compared two guys who probably, well, uh, they're, never mind. They're bad. Um, <laughs> But yeah, let's talk about Headshot. So this is a song about Halo. Um, Who else had a song about Halo at the same time? Who did? Escape the Fate. Oh, did they? 
Yeah. Oh, that, that's the band. Like, yeah, you're gonna be leading that one. Um, I think I think I had a short phase. So when I was getting into other music, I liked like Bon Jovi a little bit, you know. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I was kind of getting out of metalcore. Got Bon Jovi. No, um, this was early on in my life. Okay. And so I had like a kind a small affinity for hair metal. Okay. And Escape the Fate is hair metalcore. Yeah, it is. Like, and I don't know what it was. I was really into that record. Uh, anyway, we'll talk about it eventually. But um, this song, yeah, it's about Halo. It features the dude from For the Fallen Dreams. Um, it has rap parts. Uh, so does For the Fallen Dreams now. <laughs> um, I have a story about this song. Oh. That first time they came before this record came out, they, there was a kid at the show who was singing along to this song. And at the end of the song, the singer was like, how did you know the words to that song? And he was like, oh, uh, yeah, 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 YouTube videos. Like, he was just pretending that he knew the words to the song. <laughs> <laughs> and just he got called out on it, and it was so funny. Well, the funny part about that is, like, it's from the singer. What a dick move. That's real funny. I right? would have done that. Well, I mean, his name was, he was MySpace famous. Of course, he's a fucking douchebag. Yeah, it's fair. He actually always seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, he was actually pretty chill. I, I did get pizza with him once. Um, But um, this song, like, again, like, had, like, that first, like, like, the first part of it's, like, the another just, like, fucking metalcore riff. I like what it does. Like anytime they do the tremolo picking stuff, mm-hmm. like, to me sounds cool because it's just different than their standard other riffs. <coughs> like during like the verse of like I'm the last of the dying breed, all that shit on this song. Um, mm-hmm. like, that's cool. But then it hits right back into that. Like fucking standard metalcore parts. But um, fucking breakdowns of the song too, rock. <laughs> This yeah. is the oh, yeah. this is the half song that I, I said I like three and a half songs. This yeah. is the half song. The end of it is just like it is there's moshing and and good gang chance is good. Um also I love on this on darklyrics.com at the end it says in parentheses, this is a song about the video game Halo, which the band likes to play a lot when on tour. Th- thanks. <laughs> Like no, none of these lyrics have like like parentheticals or like notes on any other record we've looked at, and they do on this one. It's funny. Um, I will say, what do you think of like the vocals? Like when it's like like when it's like the not the screaming. I think it's probably Chad from the rap rock. Yeah, what do you think of that? Um, that, that's that cut out like part of it for me. That's so lost some of the points. Yeah, and like, so here's the deal. Like, they at first he's like trying. It seems like lyrically he's trying to. So you know how sometimes this is how I imagine it works. If you do a vo- a guest part on a song, that part was written, and you're just doing that part. But this Usually, one, yeah, yeah, and in rap, the person doing the guest spot writes their own part. They write their own lyrics. This seems like this dude wrote his own lyrics because, like, it seems like initially the song is, like, trying to do a storytelling thing, you know? Yeah. Like, like, I'm the last of a dying breed, like, doing the story of Halo. And then he comes in 
and he's like, let's start a match, Team Slayer on lockout. And like talking about like I'm down for some pl- Team Slayer on lockout though. But like he's playing the game. He's yeah. talking about playing the game, whereas the rest of it is more about like you're you are the master chief. Yeah, it's like the the like uh like heading off to the Halo rings, finding out Earth is the final key. Like Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's they're telling kind of the story of it. Uh, then he's like, "We're gonna be on fucking Team Skirmish CTF on Zanzibar, motherfuckers! Get in here!" Then he drops some slurs because that's Xbox Live. <laughs> um, yeah. So they I all just talk think about it's... how they fuck our moms. <laughs> I just think it's it's all over the place, but fun song. It's a fun <laughs> song. Um, Boris, the Blade. Too metal. It's very Indian. metal, but this Indian is one of the Mosh. songs I, I I liked. Um, I don't know why I like it though. It's literally all the end. Yeah. That fucking like that last like just I want you out of my life. Just the, that <laughs> breakdown at the end with the gang chance. Like I want you. It's fucking made for a show. And like I remember yeah. moshing to that part and singing along to it. And like when I listened to the in the car the other like yesterday and was doing my big listen through, I had like almost like that same feeling. Like fuck yeah, just like just like let's go. So but, yeah, like that's literally the reason I like this song is that part. <laughs> Yeah, like watching watching the video, um, the Boise Mosh video, it's just a video of the pit, and like it's not constant. There's like a good like four minutes where no one's doing anything because there's nothing to do. They're just like standing and like walking like, around, pacing around a little bit. Yeah, and like you can tell these kids have not listened to this band. <laughs> They're just there because they heard they could mosh to it. Hey, at that show, I had listened to that band. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just. I'd even moshes in that video. Yeah. Yeah. He does. I didn't. All, all the stars are here. All of them. Yeah. All the stars. Um, Scott and, and Dylan Carrillo looking, looking the same. <laughs> all right. 2008, I'm was a, 2008 was a weird time in like heavy music because like. Or like, especially in Boise, just because like we started getting that separation of like hardcore metalcore, mm-hmm. or like before, like you know, you'd have the Warriors blacklisted and embrace the end all in one tour, mm-hmm. OB opening, uh, and then now, then he's now you're starting to get that separation. I I don't I, I like it better when it's together. I want yeah. a little bit of everything on a show, but that's yeah. just me. But um, yeah, I I don't. I mean, I don't have much to say about this this song. Um, I don't got much to say about a lot of these songs, to be honest. Yeah. Um, um, I think it's a like a friendship ending song. It's like yeah. it maybe a song about fighting for your beliefs. Maybe it's about the guitarist they kicked out who was an atheist. I don't know. <laughs> that happened in two bands. It was this one and Haste the Day. Yeah, that makes sense, and that's why that's why Under Oath rocks. Haste today had a swear jar in their fucking twenties. <laughs> they had a swear jar. God, fucking, well, fucking what weenies. So I remember watching a documentary about MXPX. Mixpix, and they like were caught smoking and like swearing, and they were on tooth and nail. People thought they were a Christian band, and none of those dudes are Christians now. 
like when you grow up you change your beliefs i did um and but the pressure to like stay a christian band is very hard i mean under oath went through that too yeah like when like spencer was on drugs or whatever like they've all these bands like they have a little bit more pressure because they're they want to be one of the boys on tour but they also have to keep a certain image up because you're I mean, if Haste the Day came to Boise on a Wednesday, um, youth group wasn't happening. The churches youth, were bussing kids in. Yeah, youth group was at the venue. Yeah, not at my church, but um, for a, lo- a lot of places it was because, like, I remember bus kids in. There were buses. Yeah, and like since like my band played with a bunch of the Christian metal like core bands and stuff at the time, and post hardcore bands, I mean, for whatever we got put on a lot. I'm with them. We played at Emory once. Um, yeah. Like, a lot of those people, because they'd only go to those shows, thought my band was, like, a Christian band. Yep. Then, then they would go see us at other shows, because they're like, oh, you guys are a Christian band. You guys are awesome. And, like, they didn't know that, at least during Obscure Beauty, we had a song that was called Priest in A Minor, which was a <laughs> joke, obviously, about, like, a musical joke, but also... Yeah, joke about that, and Gabe would write the weirdest lyrics at the time, and Tyler would wear shirts that were like, or like about like believe in science and shit because it's Tyler, and yeah. Also, I had a shirt that said like math is cool. (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking nerd! (laughs) That pharmacist asshole. (laughs) Play his guitar on his neck. There's a couple times he would like lose his strap, and then he would just sit. And he'd just be there, like, leg crossed. It's like, yeah, this is fun, too. And then there's Murphy and I with their big scene here, like, trying to pretend we're, like, in Dillinger Escape Plan or some shit. Oh, man, that rocks. Yeah, as you guys can tell, we are, like, this record is really boring, so we go on tangents a lot because yeah. it's just boring. It's, like, the next couple songs of this, like, Severance and Versus and Waves of Oppression, to me, they could be the same song. I, so I didn't tell you this because I wanted to save this for the podcast. Okay. I, w- I was giving a big listen on Friday. I was uh-huh. my big, big listen. Yeah, yeah. Going through the lyrics. I had the lyrics going with Spotify. Had headphones on. I was just laying in bed. I fell asleep. <laughs> I legitimately fell asleep during, <laughs> like after a headshot. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> I woke up. My phone was next to me, and it was on the last song. It was on choke. I'm like, "Fuck! I just missed this record." So I had to listen to it again. That's so that that's so funny. Um, I'm mad I, yeah. didn't, I didn't wake up for uh, "Circle the Sky," though. Yeah, that song. Wow. Um, excuse me. So severance. I just said again, it's boring ass metalcore intro. The vocal cadence is horrible. This is the song where I hated it. And like he repeats himself so much. So much. This is going to come into play, especially with these songs. This would have been a way better five song EP. Yep. But also, they could probably stand to shave like a minute off of like a lot of these songs. But they they wanted to be a metal band, I think. I know. I think they... Like, and that's not what people liked about him. No, and that's the funny part. Is like it wasn't the metal that people wanted. Everybody wanted the heavy stuff. They probably, like I said, that, it seemed like there was one guy that's like, I 
writing metal riffs. That's mm-hmm. probably the guitar player that had a beard because if you have a beard, you have to write the metal riffs. Sorry, it's just the rules. I have to do it. Um, but even like the first breakdown is boring. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like where you could tell like they're trying to fill out a like at least to me, it seems like they're trying to fill out a record. Yep. Yep. Like we we gotta have another fucking song. So they're probably sitting there at, at fucking Joey Serge's studio. Like, okay, we need like three more songs. Yeah. It's just to fill this shit out. And so they just fucking like, well, what about this riff? And they just fucking play the fucking first riff and they're like, whatever, that's fine, I guess. Yeah. Well, and that's how like like you had to sell a record. And like mm-hmm. I remember I bought a Joyce Manor record that was twenty five dollars and had twelve minutes of music on it. And I was so upset. I was like, I paid so much money for this. However, I've re-listened to that record and it rocks. So like um when you like you're just paying when you at this point in 2008, you were paying for the time, you know? Yeah. Like you were you like, okay, I'm paying ten dollars, I'm getting 40 minutes of music. That's a yeah. good investment. And now it's just like, especially in the streaming age, it's like, yeah, we're going to release five songs and maybe we'll release five songs later this year. Like, um, we're just, we're not releasing, like, we'll do a full record, but things are different now. They're yeah. so different now. Like, you got to write a song that's going to get on a playlist. No one's going to listen to your full record. Mm-hmm. Or like, and then like when you finally, like, like you release a full record, it's like you have like five singles. Yeah. And or like, but, like I want it on this playlist. I want it on this playlist. Uh, you know, you have this publication release this one. This publication release this one. This publication like, yeah, you you put out a record, but in like all actuality, you put out like five singles and an EP. Yeah, but in contrast to that, when I saw Turnstile, from every single song from the new record, every kid knew, and then like they played some deep deep cuts. And the new new kids didn't know those. Of course. Like, but but songs from their last two records, everyone knew. And then like you could see the lull. I stood in the back, so you could see the lull in the crowd when they played something from like nonstop feeling or earlier. Um yeah. and so like some They see like, some real stoked shirtless dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay, just going nuts on people. So like some bands, like they push past that. And I think like because like Turnstile is a band that appeals to a mass. I mean, they're massive. Their whole tour was sold out. Um, so I think some bands don't ha- get that treatment, but a lot of bands, it's just like we well, need also, a single. Like, how long has like like Turnstile's been kind of like growing and growing to the point where it's like a they like got that kind of buzz where it's like, oh, I want to hear everything that they're doing because yeah, it's gonna that's be true. So, so different, whereas like if my children my bride releases this now like i like nobody's hearing seven of these songs and that's another thing like i think maybe it's because i'm fully out of this world but i you're not you're, you're you're getting pulled back in with this well i know but it's like i don't know like i remember going to chelsea grin shows because our friend pablo played drums for them and um Seeing that that kind of music is still viable and there's still a ton of kids that like it, it's kind of fascinating for me because in my head, this genre is dead because these bands don't come to Boise anymore. 
very much. I mean, so it's it's kind of been split into a few different worlds. Yeah. There's still like like bigger with the horizon is playing like fucking stadiums. Yeah. But like so there's like that end of it. Like Bring with the Horizon, Architects is kind of doing the same and these bands that are bigger that will go to like the revolution, motionless in white, for instance. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of them now just are like heavy rock bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like that world of, and then you have like all like the next tier down as far as like shows wise of bands that were former metalcore bands now doing heavy rock too because like Bring Me hit with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we have to do this. And so you'll have those bands, or then you'll have bands like Beartooth again, kind of play that like the same heavy aggressive rock, but like they found their niche almost like the August Burns Red, or like a day to remember before like they got even big like bigger like the Jimbro, like, yeah yeah yeah, for whatever reason Jimbros loved August Burns Red, you know what I mean? Like they just like this is the best. It helps me get my gains. Um, Beartooth is like that that band now okay okay and so like you have like that world of metalcore and then like all like the nostalgia acts are coming back it's a big thing right now furnace fest Mm -hmm. um and then you have like bands that are like the next level of nostalgia acts like attack attacks a band again Um, i never knew they weren't i figured they were one of the heavy rock bands you know um no they they broke up for a long time um that's the dude that was in bear tooth uh, that's yeah. in bear tooth so when he left like the band went to fuck um and then you have like the like the new wave of metalcore of like from hardcore kids that's going yeah like also like that's gonna bring because like listen to like that dying wish record yeah that's just fucking 2004 metalcore yeah that it's on broken come back yeah that's just coming back and i think oh it's no gonna... that's year of year of the knife is the one that sounds like on broken wings yeah um dying wish has like the at the gates core okay but yeah um, like there's so like that like that's gonna be coming back here with like the like the well, kids that like the rise stuff or like that age of kid it's been back like jesus peace year of the knife dying wish like vain is a little a little different you know but I, they're I don't getting the same yet but it hasn't hit full yet but you could it's been that big groundswell because like um See you, space cowboy. Wrist meets mm-hmm. razor. That kind of like sass, a sassy post hardcorey like metalcore stuff. Like fear before, but like they add breakdowns and mm-hmm. they have the scene here. That's all coming back. Like mall fucking core is coming back. Like there's like I went to the mall the other day. I felt like such an old guy. Got some- yo. The mall's a sad place. <laughs> it's fucking depressing. Um, but like there was like mall core kids. Like interesting. Like that's is, coming it, back. Is that because of my chem reuniting? Um, I think it's just that and being bigger than they ever were. That's fucked up. Just fascinating. Um, it's because everybody that used to make fun of people for liking my chemical romance and dressing quote unquote emo is now in their thirties and like, oh, I like that too. I'm gonna yeah. go to emo night, spend thirty dollars yeah. and listen to a playlist. Just do that at games for free. Yeah. Get a better yeah. playlist. Yeah, Lauren Babic vocal covers. Exactly. Shout out. <laughs> um, no, but like that whole shit's coming back, so that's wild. That's a real, real big left turn from this whole record. Uh, yeah, let's talk but about Circle the Sky now. <laughs> no, we gotta talk about how Severance is a song about divorce. <laughs> that makes sense with a name like Severance. Yeah, again, good lyrics. It's yeah. like because you were saying um, that 
like these songs like they some of these songs sound like they had to fill out a record like this song and the machinists have like good good lyrics i wonder so if he had like a book of things and he was just like all right i have this this is gonna kind of fit here yeah because i feel like with this stuff you can make stuff fit you just have to rearrange the words a little bit maybe but yeah um yeah maybe yeah, I mean, they like, just—they just wrote all these songs in practice and put them all on the record instead of cutting them. Yeah, fuck, they should have cut them. But I, I mean, I will say, like, I do like the like, it's very personal stuff, and it's it's real stuff, especially for like, and especially this era of metalcore. He's probably a bit older than us. Yeah, it's like you're playing to a lot of kids, mm-hmm. you're playing to the teenagers. You're playing to like you know eighteen to twenty two year olds a lot of the time, and they are going through a lot of different things. There's probably a lot of kids that were having this exact same fucking thought and how to deal with divorce. Yep. Um, yeah. All or, right. Like it's also, this is just another aside, but I think for a lot of like, especially like, like dudes in hardcore and metalcore, they probably like, at least like personally, I liked like when lyrics a little bit deeper. Cause it's like, Oh, I could kind of feel something with this, but like, it's hard for guys to like men were always taught, shut up. Don't be a fucking wimp. Yeah, yeah. Being able to have kind of catharsis like by reading this, like, oh, cool, like I can get that out too. That's cool. So yeah. Well, I mean, Matt Bruso, Matt Bruso did that best. Oh God, I know he really fucking did do it best, didn't he? Um, versus. Um, it starts moshy. It's not metally. Um, is boring except for the breakdown. (laughs) Um. And I think it's a song about a friendship ending. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I that's... mean, from, that's like what I got from it too. And again, this is one of the ones like, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Maybe I just was had my children, my bride fatigue at this point. Yeah. I mean, this record is, is long and like, I'm a little scared of that with one of my favorite records that we'll talk about eventually. Cause it's long. What records the songs one? are long. Uh, Women, children die first. Remembering that. Oh record. yeah. That one, that, that record's long and the songs are long and I Some of don't, them don't make sense. I don't like long songs. So I'm I'm a little curious to revisit it. I have, but doing like an actual deep dive, I don't know. We'll see. Uh Waves of Oppression. Song. Yeah. Long. It's bo- it's boring, boring metalcore. <laughs> Yeah, and even like lyrically to me, this one was this is fine, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's a this is what you think of when you think of this kind of music. Yeah, like just like the imagery and shit that they're using, and it's really vague. Yeah, it's like it's the word super passion vague. is in it. Um, we withstood, we defeated, we held our ground. Like to yeah. me, like this is like like quintessential to a fault, like metalcore. Um, yeah. I don't know. It got so boring at this point. Then luckily, the next song, I've been waiting to talk about this one because you could tell they wrote this one way before the other ones. Yeah, like, it's not as much of a... I think that's a thing that I liked about their first record because I revisited it after I listened to this. and I I revisited it to one they released in 2012. (laughs) It's a mess, and it's all over the place, but it's interesting that doesn't mean good it's just interesting and i i like being interested you know 
Oh yeah, for sure. And this one, it seems like such an immature song because it is. Yeah, and I think maybe just like that, like letting yourself be a little immature on this song to me, like like that's made it like better because it wasn't yeah. so like we need to stick to this and we have to have like the most fucking riffs. Even like this song has riffs, but they're like not like I don't know over the top. They're, they're a little messy. Yeah, it's like and like they have some personality to them where the other riffs don't. Like, um, I was never a big August Burns Red guy. But I was never a big metal riffs guy until I got into Slayer. Yeah. So like, but that's what that's the risk. I like thrash riffs. I don't I don't like like I do like that one at the gate song. And I loved um the Sound of the Fury song, The Slut Smasher, which was a <laughs> at the gate song. What's that at the gate song? What is um, the song? Fuck, I can't remember right now. What is that again? That's the, I like that riff. Slaughter of the Souls, the record. Yep. And that's the song, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Circle the Sky. Um, yeah, it's, like, like a, it's a little sloppy, ain't it? Yeah. It's, it's the OG hit. It's like, it's the song that, like, this, this is probably the song that got them a solid state contract, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. And, like, they recorded it for this record. It was on their first record. I like the riffing because, like, it isn't very difficult. And I remember, like, I knew how to play this song because yeah. it's, it's like the riffs were fun. And like you said, they're they're kind of sloppy. Like this whole song is just a sloppy song, but it the gives way, it, like, personality, the, like you said. Yeah, the way he does his vocals is different than the entire record. Um, he he makes it sound a lot cleaner. Yeah, but like, it's it's. Yeah, I said I like the riffs on this song, and that's probably uh, the nostalgia. Oh, I like like the do 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 do. Yeah, that shit's cool because they also doesn't go on for too long because then it's like like they change it up a bit where like nothing overstays its welcome. They hit the breakdown super hard. Um, he does the thing where he like matches the vocals with the chugs, like the like the sir, oh, sky. I talk shit about that during the From Mom to Ashes, so I'm talking shit about it here, but it doesn't bug me as much. I I think that's fun sometimes. Yeah. Um the drum part before the first breakdown is so sick. Cause it's just like it's like did 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 and then you just hear on the on the cymbals. I like it. Yeah, I like it. And then um, it does the thing that it's like it goes into the like it hits like the like a fill and then it gets slower with like a little bit more held out of a chug. It's funny. Yeah. It, and I, it I also don't hits remember that, that from the, stuff. I don't remember that from the original one. I don't remember them slowing it down, but maybe probably they, did. Add, they probably added it in to be honest. Um, yeah, lyrically, it's just it, I think it's a breakup song, yeah. That would be in Circle the Sky. I'm guessing it's the it's like a for vultures, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, vultures, whatever. Yeah, they circle around the like when something's gonna die. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, choke. choke. This is them wanting to be a metal. This is a straight metal song. They wanted yeah. to be a metal band. They wanted to play. 
I mean, they probably wanted to be bigger than this, but they wanted to headline the Knitting Factory. They wanted to yeah. tour with Lamb of God. Yeah, they wanted to be like, if, like let's say Megadeth was coming, they'd be like, they're playing like your local arena. They'd be yeah. the first band. Yeah, be like it'd be like they wanted them, to be Lamb of God, Megadeth. You know what was what was that? The metal tour, not the Summer Slaughter tour. They would have led to be on that, but the the one we went to where we saw Slayer and Slipknot. Oh, the Mayhem Fest. Yeah, they wanted to be on Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Yo, we saw Knocked Loose that year. That makes sense. Isn't that wild? Like they yeah. played right before Chelsea Grin did, or no? Yeah, no, that was a different Mayhem Fest. No, I only went to one. It might have been a different fest because was it a Warp Tour? It might have been the last Warp Tour that I went to. I think it was because Mayhem Fest we saw um, the horse Prada. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't there. But there was that, like, there was a little metalcore stage, remember? There was, was like... A, was that a different one? No, that was Mayhem. It was right before Anthrax. There were some metalcore bands. Oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it wasn't, it burning, wasn't Knocked Loose. But... Yeah, Upon a Burning Body was on it. Only reason I remember that band is because we played with them once. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, Choke. Um, yeah, it's just, they're sweeping in this song. Yeah. They're like, they're like, we're metal. Like, please let us be metal. There's no breakdown. Well, there's a piano outro. Like, why even listen? Like, yeah. like, and I'm not just being a dick. It's like this band for me. It's like I am there for the mosh. Yeah, yeah. And th- there's none. If I want to listen yeah. to fucking metal, I'm gonna listen to metal. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to better metal than what they can produce. Exactly. It's like, and that's kind of the encapsulation of this whole record. There's better versions of it everywhere. Yeah. If you want better mosh, there's better mosh. If you want better metal, there's better metal. Um. I think the stuff that they did well, like lyrics and the vocal stuff, like I thought was cool. The breakdowns are good breakdowns. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know. It's At the end of the day, it's a fucking boring record. I, I don't necessarily hate it, but I don't like it. Yeah, um, it's... Yeah. It's a boring record that could have just been an ass beater of an EP. And it's crazy that they were bigger than they were. As big yeah. as they were. Um, probably just to them being really hard workers too, because there yeah, they like, were like, always I saw, touring. I felt like I saw them like three or four times, like within like a year and a half, two years. Yeah, so I remember I, I saw them. Um, I think I only saw them a couple times because I think I was just like, I'm over this shit. Yeah, but that's fair. Yeah, no, it's just like one of those things. I think they were just always on the road. They pushed it really hard. Um, that's probably how they got to where they were. Um. And the, like live, everything translated better for them live because it wasn't as sterile. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as one fucking sound the whole time. Yeah, and I think that the production really on this, the production really hurts this record. Yeah. Um, I was talking to um our friend Gabe who dabbles with home recording like I do, and I was just um talking about how like everything's one note, and I'm like, there's a new metal tinged Bosch record by Bury Your Dead. Uh, being the breakdown that has better production and it has more dynamics yeah. than this and that's of course awesome. it does though that was was that a major no they're on victory okay but that was that was a big big push for that band yeah but still it's like what they were doing was like just like new metal tinged mosh yeah they, they hadn't even like tried to sell out yet 
and then it's like the the dynamics are better there. There's certain things that actually pop. Like you think of the song 12 Stroke of Midnight. I'm just getting the barrier dead. I listen to that. Um it's like when certain breakdowns hit, like it hits louder. They have like the eight oh eights. They had like a giant popping like snare that had some big reverb on it. Um they had some really cool stuff. Like so when the mosh would hit, it was great. Whereas on Faithless, it sounded just like eh, here's a breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, breakdown so many times. Yeah, let's uh, let's read it. Do it. M- mosh worthy. Would you mosh Four. to it? Four. Four. I'm gonna give it a three point five because there's not enough. It's fa- the the ones that are good to me are really good. The ones that are good are good. Repeatability. Will you visit one. this one? One. Okay. It's because I enjoyed the three and a half songs, and that like maybe I'll toss them on some mosh playlist I have. Yeah, I'll go one two, even though I hit the push zero. I'll hit one two. Um, does it hold up? Zero. But lyrics are part of that. Fuck, you're right. It's two. not misogynistic, and it's not overtly Christian either. And I'm gonna give it a two then, all just because of lyrics. A couple songs have really, really good lyrics. Like, maybe those songs aren't great, but the lyrics are good. I was surprised. I'm going to go two as well. Yeah, my Um, initial reaction to Zero is like holding up just from like how much I liked it then to like listening to it now. That's where that big drop comes. But yeah, two is probably the most fair. um, Aesthetic. Um, I mean, the, the, the singer had giant plugs. Yeah. Um, this record cover is like a, it's like a, an x-ray of something. Um, so that, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, they didn't, they weren't too gimmicky looking except for like big plugs, but that wasn't really a gimmick at the time. And they just look like every metalcore band. So I'll give them a three on it. Yeah, I'll go three two. Like, yeah, the aesthetic isn't perfect, but it's not. Uh, Everything's just such like fuck. Even their aesthetic is paint by numbers. They yes. look like they just look like a metalcore band with a metalcore band cover playing metalcore songs. And influence. I don't think they influenced anybody. Yeah, like they influence kids to mosh, but yeah i'm not gonna give them give them points just to to stretch it out i'm giving i'm going zero yeah it's gotta go zero i don't like i don't this is a band that's not influencing shit yeah all right let's let's go mosh worthy average of 3.75 repeatability an average of one uh hold up an average of two aesthetic an average of three and Influence an average of zero, giving a score of 9.75. Yeah, it's a, yeah it, it does feel a little harsh, but like I'm trying to see the other lowest one. It's so mid, you know? Yeah. It's so middling that, yeah, from, from Autumn to Ashes is a seven. Um, I think. What's this one? Amir has a 9.75. What a tie, Amir. Um, yes, right? No. 
Like, yes. Yeah, 9.75. It toured with it, tied with Amir. That's funny. Okay, so it looking at that, a, it, it makes does sense. Seem, it does seem a little harsh, but at least, like, Amir for their aesthetic and, like, their shit like that, like, understandable. Like, they, like, they had a very, they had a gimmick. Well, I think you gave Amir, like, high marks, high marks on Moshin. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, no, not really. Oh, they got it for. They got it for aesthetic. They got four yeah. points for aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, it's because they look like a mirror. Like I don't know. They like, got they, they got three points for influence and yeah. two point seven five for moshing. <laughs> so that's why. Makes sense. Well, they 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 fit their gimmick better. Like like I said, I think this is just was the entire problem of this band. Yeah, just look like every metalcore band. Like even like their promo photo. I yes. was like that, like that filter. Um, they were wearing, you know, fucking, you know, other band T-shirts. Obviously, they had like the black skinny jeans. They had the Vans. They played metalcore. You'd have like one guy that was a metal guy that would be wearing the metal shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's it. Like they were just the middle of the road, middle of the pack metalcore band that somehow kind of outkicked their coverage with their success. Yep. Yep. Um, Should have been on the episode we did with Devin. Yeah. Like, but they, they, they were bigger than that. People knew who they were. So it's fascinating. Um, yes, that was my children, my bride. Um, we don't know what we're talking about next week. So tune in. Tune in. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Chris from Youth Energy for our artwork. Thanks to Isai for our song. Um, thanks to Gabe for existing. Thanks to um, you for listening. Yeah, thanks to you for listening. Check us out on the on the socials, get in the pit pod at uh on Instagram and Twitter. Um yeah, hit us up. Suggestions. Give us suggestions, leave us a rating or review. Send us your band. Um, tell your friends, like, give us a reason to have a Patreon. That's really my goal with this band, because this uh this show, this this show, yeah. I've got ideas for Patreon where we do this exact same thing, but for not, not heavy records or things that don't really fit. Um, and maybe we'll just do it if we don't have enough for a Patreon. Basically, I just really want to make the Eastside listen to Weezer. I don't um, want to do that. I know. So please, please give me a reason to make Eastside listen to Pinkerton. Your fucking high school band. Send us your Yeah, shit. we'll do shit. a compilation of... of I'll, I'll like, put my music up. I'll put even like the Bad OB stuff that I still have a CD of somewhere. Yeah. Mr. The Yoshida EP? I really don't want to do that because it is... <laughs> God awful, but dog, you were a kid. I know, but it's, it's, bad. it's cool. It's cool. I did a lot of dumb stuff with my kid. I was in a rap group. I was also in that same group. <laughs> um, but yes. Uh thank you. Thanks for listening and uh come back. Come back next week. Yeah, circle the sky. <laughs>